0: Hey friends, do you feel like you try hard to serve others, but it's just never enough? Our guest this week learned that faithfulness is enough and he's applied it to his walk with the Lord, his podcast, and even his marriage. You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 325, Dan Luig's and faithfulness is enough. Welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. As always, I'm your host, Eric Nevins. I'm so glad that you're here. This is going to be a great conversation. We've already been chatting about my beloved St. Louis Cardinal. So you know, you know, we've got some camaraderie going. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, If you haven't yet, go out to HalfwayTherePodcast.com. There's a Patreon button. Uh, It just helps so much, even if just a little bit every single month helps out for you if you can support the show financially we appreciate that it keeps us rolling so uh appreciate to, uh thank you to those of you who already do that friends uh, our guest today he's he's I he's one of my podcasting friends I've been on his show and we've been connected uh through Facebook for a while but uh, he's the founder of the journey of a christian dad podcast and they have a Facebook community uh Dan Louis Dan welcome to halfway there and uh tell us a little bit more that's kind of a a broad stroke about you, but give us a little more about who you are and where God has you right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you so, so much for having us. And it's funny you mentioned the Patreon thing. Everybody who's listening, if you throw just a little bit of change, Eric's way, whatever that change is in your world. I was at a breakfast this morning and a guy that advises a lot of people, he's like, it's funny. You think I advise a bunch of people in reality, they call me when there's problems. I get problems after problems after problems dumped on me. And he asked that about me. And I said, yeah, I I get a a number of people asking me for things. And oftentimes it is problems. And I go, you know, and as podcasters, you have things coming along as family. You have things coming along. And he's like, you know, how's that work for you? I go, the funny thing is, is every time I'm feeling kind of stressed and worked up, God does a little something for me. And Mm. he sends somebody in my life. And within a minute, we're at a restaurant for breakfast. And he goes, the guy I'm talking to says, hold on a second. Somebody's coming over to say hi to us. (laughs) And it was, it was a buddy of mine and I introduced him and he's like, Hey man, so good to see you. Thanks for all the stuff you do. And thanks for helping out my kids with the softball and the stuff and the whatever. And I should be buying you breakfast. And you know, he walks away and the guy goes, huh? Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) So just super, super cool. So I share that story to emphasize your small donation or big donation, whatever it may be to Eric's Patreon, that might be the encouragement that Eric needs. Like he may have been praying to God, God, show me a little sign. And so you might be that little sign by making your contribution. So uh, if that struck a chord with you, uh, push the button, man. (laughs)
0: The <laughs> there you go, well, I appreciate that that was unprompted, friends unprompted, yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely, that.
1: but man, that's the way the day is, so, yeah, just a little bit about me, um, you know, you're you talk about ordinary people, and so yeah, ordinary Christian here, yep. um I you know, stepped away a little bit in college, and then, um, well, tell me where you are now, yeah, so where I am now, uh, you know, running the journey of a Christian dad podcast, and um. Life's going well, you know, great, uh, great conversations with God all the time and family got two kids, both daughters, nine and 10 years old, been married for 19 years. Uh, life's not always perfect, but you know, there's always a, a way to figure out how to get through it and having good people in your life and having faith is the core part of your life mm-hmm. makes things so much easier and so much more joyful.
0: Yes. Absolutely, amen. And of course, you're a podcaster, and you're—we mentioned our beloved St. Louis Cardinals. You're in St. Louis, so that's, absolutely, uh, that's why. Maybe, maybe we should start a Cardinals podcast. Would you be interested in doing that? Oh my gosh, that'd be great. That'd maybe, be great. Maybe we should do that. All right, stay tuned, friends. We'll figure that
1: out. So I'm going to see Adam Wainwright on Sunday. I know he's your oh, boy. He is. So I love it, if, guys. If you're listening, women, if you're listening, if you know some contact with Adam, uh, reach <laughs> out to him. Tell him that he needs to be on our podcasts. Uh, hopefully Sunday I'm successful and I get them to agree to be on my podcast, but there we'll find
0: out one of these days, one of these days. Uh, so very good. So anyway, I could talk about that forever, but that's not what we're here for. I want to hear about your story, Dan. So that's
1: the key part. Did you grow up in St. Louis? Yeah, I grew up in St. Louis. So I've been here all my life, did a little military, did a little college. So I've been other places around the world okay. and saw, saw some other things that most people don't usually see. How did you come to faith? Were,
0: Christian family or?
1: Yeah, Christian family. So I went to private school growing up. Um, Parents, uh, especially my mom, super strong, outgoing, faith-based person. Uh, I didn't realize my dad had as strong a faith as he had. He had one of those jobs where he might work 60 to 100 hours a week. So I didn't get to spend as much time with him all the time. And he was also a pretty reserved guy based on how his father had treated him. His father wasn't the most Mm. Uh, uh, fantastic guy. You know, if you were to pick one, you wouldn't pick him. Yeah. At least he was around, but if you had choices between different guys, you wouldn't pick him to be your father. So my dad kind of kept a lot of stuff close to the vest. He knew he wanted to love his kids and he did that pretty well. But when it came to sharing his thoughts and his feelings and his emotions and that kind of thing, he kind of Kind of held that back gotcha. a little bit. Trying well, to be did, a man's man, if you will.
0: Right. Well, And that was kind of the thing, right, Brambo? Yeah. To, all that, that, particularly in that generation. Um, what was there? So how did that affect you? Did that influence your view of who
1: God was? The one thing I did feel was, yes, the answer is yes. I, I knew my mom loved God. I knew my dad loved me, thought he also loved God, but that um, just love that was in our family and then seeing other family members, my grandma in particular, and aunts and uncles. So I felt like a real strong connection to God throughout my childhood. So Mm -hmm. that, that never, never left. Going to church on Sundays or other days of the week left for a while. And then after I'd gotten married, about 10 years later, I left a job and I woke up, well, in college, I had a small little car accident. It was because I worked every weekend and I had to get up really early to go to the early service. And I kind of somewhat fell asleep a little bit on the way home. And oh, man. Tapped the lady and you know hit her bumper type thing. It wasn't a big thing, but it was enough to kind of wake me up. And at that moment, I made an agreement with God that I'm certain he didn't agree to. It was, hey, while I'm working every weekend, open and close, I don't have to go to church anymore. As long as you're cool with that, and I assume you are, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And then once the weekends get back under control and I'm grown and an adult, and someday I'll, I'll come back to church as soon as I get a Sunday free. Yeah. And I felt pretty good about that. It was nice to be let off the hook to not to have to go to Mass at 19, 20 years old.
0: Oh, yeah. So we just, you said Mass. So did you grow up Catholic? Were you in Yeah. The yeah. I grew, Catholic, yeah, I grew right? up Catholic. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. that always, that usually has some spiritual implications. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like for what you believe about who God is and what He what he he will do for you. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Depending on, you know, how you read scripture and who influences you. It's funny how it's one book, but there's so many interpretations. (laughs) Well, right. Yeah. Which should be
0: enough to tell you that sometimes how we read is as important that we read, but that's, that's a whole different, uh, different issue. Okay. So you decided, you said this was like 10 years after you were married, you
1: decided this? So 10 years after I'm married, I leave a job on a Saturday. Yeah and i wake up on a sunday oh, and no. yeah yeah so on sunday i always was at at work yeah yeah i had to i had to open the retail store and i woke up and i thought what in the heck am i going to do with myself today cuz i don't have anything that i have to do gotcha. i hadn't really considered it and all of a sudden i go what do regular people do on sunday mornings i know they do something cuz the store didn't open until 11 uh huh and nobody got to the store until noon Right. But they go to church. Oh, yeah. I got that deal going. Woke my wife up. She said, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. Yeah. Where? So, well, I'm going to the one where we got married at. When's service? I have no idea. I got to look that up. And then I've been back every Sunday since or Saturday. So, yeah what was driving that decision?
0: Like you said, it sounds like you had a season of just really what, I mean, you tell me if this is the right word, but of just kind of separation from God When you're like, you know what? I don't think we need to, to be that in that close here. Right. I think you probably thought God was there, but you were just going to kind of go about your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So, you know, and for a while being a young single guy, you know, you're Mm -hmm. bulletproof and you're going to live forever (laughs) until you're old. And then at that point, you know, you'll die. Yeah. So what do I really need? You know, I got plenty of stuff and people and everything in my life. So things are good. You get married for a while, things are good. Right. For a while. Right. It it (laughs) takes
0: a little more than that funny enough, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so fast forward to then, start going to church. My wife's like, are you going to go every weekend? Yep, sure am. Do I got to go? Nope. You don't got to go. Wow. Did you want her to go? Absolutely. Eric, from the bottom of my heart, I was like dying for her to go. But when you tell people what they have to do, you know how that works out. Well, that's smart. That's wise of you,
0: uh, honestly. What was your, so but I, so I'm, I'm interested in that kind of that kind of choice and that wisdom to go. Yeah, I don't. You don't have to go, but I'm definitely gonna go. So, what? How did you? Why did you make that? Like, what was that? I know you kind of described it a little bit, but what was going on inside of you that you were really longing for?
1: I I really wanted to come back. I really wanted to come mm-hmm. back into that relationship with God that I used to have when I was a kid, super close, and even through high school, super close relationship conversations, you know, um, Mm. it's funny to say that because people say, really, do you really talk to God? I say, yeah, all the time. Does he talk back? Yeah. yeah. Not (laughs) all the time, but often enough. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So give me an example when you were a kid of a conversation that you had with God that stands out to you as kind of just one that you remember.
1: The one that stands out by far the most, and this will sound like a crazy, insane story, at least to me, it does. I was in church kind of by myself, kneeling down, praying, looking at the crucifix. And it was just kind of in a, almost a meditative state, just praying mm. and communicating. And I didn't hear God talking. But what I saw, I literally floated out of body. Wow. And was maybe 30 feet up in the air behind me a little bit. Almost in like those uh, orchestra things where you're. There's a balcony. It, uh-huh. was, it was like that, except for there was no balcony back there. I was just up there, and I'm looking down at myself kneeling and praying, and I can hear myself, you know, like like I was watching a movie or something, and I was suspended in midair without anything to suspend me. It was like I was a, it was like I was a spirit, if you will. Wow. And it was this incredible community with God, like just we're here together. It's me and you and we're checking things out together. And I kind of got your view of what's happening. It was unbelievable, but I'll never forget that moment.
0: What did you learn something? Was there something that like, did God say something to you? Or it was just like the sense of communion with God?
1: This sense of utter communion with God. Like it was just me and him. And we were the only people in the world that mattered at that moment. And it was just us. It was so peaceful. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of have a little vision there, like you had, a, you had a
0: vision of some kind, and uh, and I'm fascinated by the fact that you had that, and then you still at some point said, "All right, I'm out." Yeah, I'm not all the way out. Yeah, like but, I'm kind of, but I'm not going to show up here anymore.
1: But I'm not going to make that appointment that we got on Sundays. I'm not going to make yeah. that. Interesting.
0: Interesting. All right. So then you decide, all right, I'm going back and you're longing for this maybe experience again. You like to have that, that connection. Um, what happened from there and how did, how did that develop?
1: Yeah. So Sundays after Sundays, after Sundays, when you show up to church or a service or whatever, as a single guy or a married guy, but no wife and no kids, there's not a whole lot of people, people hook you up is probably what happened. No. Well, I guess there, there could be that. (laughs) Okay. In in this case, uh, I didn't really match up with anybody here. I am Mm -hmm. a grown adult all by myself that doesn't have any other natural connections with anybody else there for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I'd come in and I'd pray that my buddy was there that went to that church. He was always at a different service than I was at and never was he ever there, but I kept praying every time, you know, help me meet some people, help me, you know, help that guy and his family be here. So I've got one person to say hi to. And, uh, on average, there's 600 to 1200 people at the church I go to per service. It's just fairly large. Now it doesn't feel that big anymore, but, um, it was a Saturday mornings group. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Saturday morning men's group. I'm a man. I can be awake on Saturday. I'm going to show up. And I did that, met a bunch of guys, And I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. And I'll be darned if the second one of those meetings, it says, hey, the the man's the spiritual leader of the house and all those pages of the Bible came together and was like, I heard that before when I was single. And I was like, there's information I don't need. That's not important for now. I'm like, oh, no, I'm married. I plan to have kids soon. It's talking about leadership. Which I do at my work, which I've done in the military, which I've done on sports teams, which I've done as a, like official for sports games. Like I've, I've had the leadership thing, you know, risen through the ranks of the military and gone to leadership training and excelled. And I'm like, wow, I'm really not that good at anything involving leadership inside of my house at all. Like terrible. Uh, I got fired from doing the laundry.
0: (laughs) Wait, was this weaponized incompetence? Like you just screwed it up and turned everything (laughs) pink?
1: I wasn't all that smart about it. Where I, you know, if I realized if I just did the jobs poorly, (laughs) that I'd get fired from them. Right. Apparently, I just, you know, I I shrunk my wife's sweater right away. Uh, Okay. Done. You're never doing laundry again. Nope. Yeah. You know, she could do everything better than I could, or the way that she wanted to do it. Next thing you know, I was fired from all the household jobs you know, that's fantastic.
0: Okay. It was Wait, great. Tell, tell us how you did that, Dan. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, so so right. I thought okay. that yeah, seemed right. like
1: a great plan, but I bet it didn't feel good for her. No, you know, as you know, when your wife takes on everything, yeah, then there's nothing left for you. There's nothing left for the family. There's, you know, resentment. And, you know, we want to be, you hear about the scorecard, which you and I know is bogus. You don't score how well you're doing. Uh, you don't do the 50, 50 marriage while well, I'll do 50 and you do 50, uh, Right? Definitely they actually say way. when you aim for 50, 50, that you feel like you're doing 80 and they're only doing 20. And right. on the other side, they feel like they're doing 80 when you're only doing 20. So, you know, aim for 80 or aim for a hundred that way, when they estimate you lower, like, ah, they're at least carrying their weight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Okay. So you're, you're doing this really bad and you hear, you hear about, uh, all right, how you know how do I lead? Sounds like that was kind of a a crucial event for you. I'm I'm really I'm really curious though, because that's interesting. So you kind of came. This is how you came to faith, and then you start diving into um kind of your your personal your development in in faith, mm-hmm. and kind of what does this look like to be a faithful husband, a Christian husband. Okay, so where does that where does that take you? What does that realization? lead you to
1: yeah so I realized that uh a number of different things one of them I need to love my wife well Not only do I need to love her well I need to love her in ways and more often than I ever thought she would ever need I've heard that women often think does my husband really love me that's kind of a core question they ask quite a bit mm-hmm and then you go from there and say, well, how often do you do that? Multiple times a day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Multiple times a week. Whatever the answer is. But it's more than once a year. I'm yeah. Like, Holy cow. Like, I, I've i really got to, the words, cherish and prioritize my wife. Well, I tell yeah. her I love her every day. I do this every day, you know, all these little things. It's like, no, you really need to actually put her as a priority in your day. So as you're thinking through your day, how do I make my wife a priority is a great question to start your day with. Right.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm curious what your, like, so did you experience this as a requirement from God or from a, like, how, how does that, how does it influence your relationship with God?
1: How does that influence my relationship with God? Well, one, God's first. So how that one worked is God, family. So God, wife, kids, yeah, and then everything else. So I came home one day and I said, hey, honey, need to let you know something. You may or may not be aware. Just so you know, it's God, wife, kids, everything else. She goes, okay, got it are you saying that God's number one and I'm number two? (laughs) I say, yeah, that's right. I just need you to know. How'd that go? And she says, huh, okay. She says, "Um, am I supposed to do God number one? That's up to you. However, you know, in the book, that's what it says. Yeah. And there's a difference between reading the book and actually living the book. I go, yeah. so I just want to let you know I'm turning the page. And I'm actually going to live the book. How did she respond to that? One, I'd been doing it already. Okay. So she was like, well, that's kind of the way it's been. Like, what's going to change? And I said, nothing's going to change except for I don't know that you knew that. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I'm good with that. Okay. You know? But it wasn't a directive. It wasn't a, you know, demanding thing or anything. It was just. Hey, I think you need to know this. And in reality, she's like, no, that's been going on for years. So right, I've been good with this this whole time, you know, type thing.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So did your wife eventually start going to church with you? Absolutely. It was yeah. one of the
1: greatest, unbelievable things that ever happened. I, I left church service one day and I said, Hey pastor, you know, there's people everywhere all the time. And so you never really get a chance to have much one-on-one time right after a service. And It was sunny and nobody was around. And I'm like, hey, pastor, I got something for you. (laughs) He's like, what do you got? I'm like, my wife doesn't go to church with me and I'm sick of it. He's like, okay, let me ask you this. Are you praying? You got any major sin in your life? You inviting your wife to church? And I said, "Ah, you know, yeah, I'm praying. And yeah, I'm here all the time. And no, I don't have any major sin in my life. And I go, I'm not really inviting my wife to church. I'm like, I invite her occasionally. Like she's said, Make for sure I know when Christmas service is. Make for sure I know when Mother's Day service mm. is. Make for sure on Veterans Day and Father's yeah. Day that I show up because we can stand and people will clap for us. So all the days where people <laughs> will clap for us, I want to go on those days.
0: Well, I get rewarded for going. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and he kind of chuckles and he goes, good. I'm actually glad you're not inviting her all the time to come to church. Wow. And he goes, so what's the problem? I'm like, I just told you she's not coming to church. And I'm sick of it. And he goes, all right, let me ask you a different question. Whose time are we trying to do this on? I'm like, oh, you're going to get me with this one. <laughs> and he looks up to the heavens and then he looks back at me and I go, so that's it, huh? I don't have a problem. The yeah, problems me and me trying to tell God when to do things. And he goes, yep, yeah, that's it. I go, so I can skip out of here happy as a lark? He goes, you got it. Get on out of here. So I skipped to my car literally. <laughs> and the next Saturday, my wife says, "Hey, what time is church tomorrow?" Wow. And she's been with me ever since. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: So, I, what I'm picking up from this, friends, that maybe you can you can also hear is I I like the loving way that you kind of led your wife in that. And I think that's a really great example for all of us to, to be like, even you have said a couple of times uh, and I think it's so powerful when you can just say this is what I'm going to do. And if you want to come along, then you're invited. This by the way is a great social media strategy. I don't know if you knew that, but like uh, I love Abraham Piper does this. He's may or may not like him, but uh, he is so good at saying, come along if you want, right? Like it's just an invitation, not, not a like, Hey, hit my button, you know, that kind of thing. And, but it works in real life too, right? Like it's that, it's that Absolutely. when you make an invitation and just let people have their choice and then you got to live with it. So you gotta be okay with that. Right. But, and you were for, you, you had to for a while, but that's actually kind of powerful. And then especially the the point that you made about let's let God, let's let, let God do it. God does the work, right? We're partners. But God does the does the work, and so you have to depend on that. Um, that's interesting. Okay, so take me through, like, from there. Like, what you know, what was for you the kind of development of your faith from there, and your kind of you know beyond just doing the doing the actions, but like, how how did that did you get that life with God again? That those conversations that you oh absolutely you found and how yeah, that how that come about?
1: Yeah. So how that came about is I just started you know diving in looking at resources, listening to podcasts, reading books, listening to books, talking to other people, asking questions, showing up at the community event, whatever that was, Mm -hmm. Um, when you want to build a habit, find others whose normal behavior is your desired behavior. Oh, that's good. So when you hang around marathon runners and do what marathon runners do, guess what you'll be? You'll be a marathon runner. If you want to uh, get Cardinals autographs, Cardinal baseball player (laughs) autographs, you hang around other people; they get Cardinal baseball player
0: autographs. Come to Colorado, Dan. They don't come to Colorado. <laughs> they come to
1: Colorado. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. But uh, uh, yeah, so like, say you flew through St. Louis sometime, and oh. like, man, I'm, I'm just cruising through. Like, hey, man, there's this thing, dude. So I did I did just a couple <laughs> months ago? I did fly through. I should have thought of you and like, but I was we were only at
0: the airport for like yeah uh, yeah you know. But anyway.
1: there's an example. Like you just never know if you're around the people that do the things that you. Want to do or yep, aspire the to, then you'll just assimilate that and that'll become who you are. So it's just a total immersion into mm. what I wanted to become. And I found the people all around. So um, as an example, a couple buddies of mine sent me an email. They said, Hey, you need to meet this guy, Larry Hagner. He's starting this thing called the Good Dad Project because He wasn't the greatest dad in the world. And he's trying to step into that. And someday Mm -hmm. he's going to write a book and someday he's going to start a podcast and someday he's going to do all this stuff. And I was like, I don't like to meet with people that do something someday. I like to meet people that are doing something right now. Little did I know his book was already finished and at the publisher waiting to get edited and and printed. We We ended up meeting. And so one of the guys that's got the biggest dad podcast in the world and community in the world ended up being my backyard neighbor and I'm his Uh, youngest son's godfather, like, wow, that I wanted to be a good dad and a good dad showed up in my life, like, let's go gain some momentum. Through him, I met uh, the guy that runs the model health show, the biggest the world's biggest health and wellness podcast. Wow, is this that I get to be connected to that guy who's who's number one there. Uh, And just on and on and on. So the different aspects of my life that I wanted to get better at, I run into the guys that are the mm. ultimate or or at least at the very top of of the mountain type people um in my business life. I wanted to grow a referral relationship type business, but I had no idea really what that was or how to do that. so I met a guy named Michael Mayer Michael Mayer wrote the mm-hmm. number one best selling real estate sales book of all time it's Normally the top three best-selling books, the audiobook the CD, and also the physical print book. Wow. Like just dominating it. Michael's become a good buddy of mine. I met another guy named Brian McRae. Brian's become a good buddy. He's got um, uh, the Mastermind Project, which is a referral-based marketing deal. And it teaches relationship stuff. And the relationship stuff comes from the Bible. Right, right. <laughs> Dude, for me, that was so
0: powerful when I was, so all the way back, let's look at like 2012, 2013, 2014, I I worked where I I call it bank jail, right? Like, so I would go to a Mm -hmm. six by six cell and not come out until somebody told me I was allowed to come out for lunch. Right. And that was it. And I, I would listen to podcasts and I would listen to all these podcasters. And I quickly realized, you know, they were all talking about online business and selling their courses and doing events and all that stuff. But I realized that, there, that the principles in it serve first, give to others, and then, you know, and then make your ask about, yes. you know, to, to buy. Things like that were biblical. They were really, and it, and it turned out a bunch of them were actually are Christians, not all of them, but uh, a bunch of them. And it really blew me away. Like, really, actually, the things we learned from the scriptures really are helpful in business. And I had no idea. And I had a degree in Bible.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do we translate these skills and abilities that we have in different areas of our life into family? Or if we're great on the family side, how do we integrate that into business, business relationships and church relationships and all those type things?
0: Man, hundred percent. Okay. So I love what I'm hearing you say is you went and found mentors and people who could, uh, who, who you could become like, in in christ and in your business and in in your life super powerful obviously you found it very powerful for transforming your life as well what would you tell people when you're looking for some of those people if you're like you Mm -hmm. know i'm because honestly i'm not an achiever that doesn't that's it impresses me but it's not really the thing i'm looking for So how do you build relationships with people who are doing those things? You know, how do you, how do you find it? Because if I call up, you know, the richest guy in Denver and go, Hey, what's your, what's your secret? He's going to have his security guards escort me off the property. So tell me, tell me, how do you do that?
1: Yeah. You already said it. How do you, you know, when you find people, you figure out how to serve them, Uh whatever that may be. So uh, people that are, if you look at like the mountaintop or high achievers or whatever area of life it is, uh, at the bare minimum, they can use an encourager in their life Mm. at the bare minimum. They could use somebody that will, uh, promote their next event at the bare minimum. They could use somebody that'll, uh, support them on their social media. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, there are some, bare minimum type things that you can volunteer and do. So a big part of how I develop relationships with a number of different people was literally donating my time. Yeah. Hey, what's your thing? I'm totally for that. Other people should be for that. I'm super passionate and I'm going to invite people to your events, wherever those are. What else can I do besides that? Like, oh my gosh, I'm blown away. And it's funny, sometimes that bar is actually much lower than you think,
0: right? It's yeah, actually much, yeah. much lower. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know, you're totally right. Cause if, if somebody, you know, wanted to, to hang out with, with me and they just joined my Facebook group, right? Like that's all yeah. it takes, right? Or yeah, That's
1: how we got connected. And participate, right? Yeah, exactly. Or connected. Want, Eric's yeah. the guy that runs the thing. Hey Eric, how you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, exactly. thanks for letting me in.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, and that's sometimes just starting that conversation is it? I love it. Okay. So tell me about kind of the next step for you in terms of your relationship with God. Cause you did describe, I think it's really interesting. Some of those conversations that you have, are there any, like what's God saying to you these days? What's, what yes, maybe there's yes. some other funny you events that that you off. want to talk about?
1: So this is, uh, three days ago. I go to church, kneel down, get ready to pray. I've got a specific prayer that I pray every service. I, I pray God, show me one thing I can do this week to become a better version of myself. I listen the whole service and I write down whatever it is and then I just do that that week. This time I said, before I jump into that prayer, I just want to spend a little time talking to God, looking at the foot of the cross and seeing where where it goes. But I, I just want to pause for a little bit and out of nowhere I hear, you are enough. I say, God, kind of laughing. I know, like that was a problem a long time ago, not feeling worthy. But now I feel worthy, like I'm good. I know know you love me, like I'm good. And he says, you are doing enough. I went, whoa, Mm. I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough. My YouTube channel, I don't have have enough support and leverage around me to help get that moving and go in the direction I want it to go. Uh, you know, the podcast doesn't have hundreds of thousands or millions of listeners a month like some of my friends' podcasts <laughs> do. Like, let me play the p- comparison game, God. This is killing me. I hope you're not
0: talking about me because that's not, <laughs> not the case. <laughs> but yeah, okay, keep
1: going. So, all those different things, and I've got my, you know, uh, year end goals and my next year goals and all that stuff. And it was bugging me because I couldn't figure out next steps and solutions and mm-hmm. bringing people together. and. Um, I he didn't say this, but I felt like with his statement, I'm proud of you. I'm mm. Like, man, that feels good. Like, and he he then says, "What about the 2023? You were listed as number one on the list of Christian Dad podcast to listen to in 2023." I said, "Yeah, that was that was pretty cool." God, thanks for that. Like, that was cool. And then he says. What about all the different people that have joined your community lately? What about all the reviews? Haven't you got a record number of reviews lately on Apple podcasts, by the way, review halfway there folks. And (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah. Like that's been great. And I've thanked you for all of those things because I know you've done them and he goes, that's right. I did. How about you just keep doing what you do, focus on the process. Let me take care of the Mm. results don't worry about the results. They're enough. I was like, ready to cry right there at church, just ready to let it out. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I I don't have have to have the weight and pressure that I'm putting on myself. It wasn't an unbelievable amount of pressure, but it was always there.
0: Right. Right. That's one of those things people don't, um, don't always know about content creation, right? Is it's always, there's always the next thing that you got to do. And there's a, there's a way to, that it can become really oppressive, but I love that the Lord just let you know, Hey, wait, you know, I, I talk about this all the time with podcasters, especially, um, it is a partnership and this is true for your spiritual development as well as your, your professional and your, and your, your content, whatever. But, uh, and I think even your, even salvation to some extent now I'm not, That's that gets into some theological weeds I'm not gonna go into. But he does the work, right? He does the work. Like work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who does the work, right? That's in Philippians. You have to show up for it. You have to do the things. You got to record the podcast episodes. You got to create the community. You got to do that. That's good. But then God does the work. And so one of the things I always pray before these episodes is I'll do my part but God, you know, the 8 billion people on this planet, you do it. You, you put it in their earbuds cause I'll try to get in front of them, but you bring them. Right. And that is a, is a really powerful, powerful point. And I hear you talking about that. All right. So you started this community for, for Christian dads. Tell us about that and tell us where people can find your podcast.
1: Yeah, you can find the podcast uh, everywhere. So Apple, and if Perfect. you leave a review on the Journey of a Christian Dad, that'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> you're in the app right now. Just flip over. If that's something, you know, if you're if you're a dad or if you're not, you know, a dad, right? Go listen to it. And it'll be it'll be helpful. Okay, so where? Could, tell us about the community.
1: And then in inside the Facebook community, it's just a whole bunch of guys. We got pastors and deacons, and we got guys that said, "Hey, I, I think I might want to be Christian." Yeah. Anybody got any tips? Like it's a, it's a whole, whole big group of guys. And in that, I've got a smaller select group of guys that we're, we're running a program called the ascent where we help people achieve two or three things in the next 12 weeks that help them get to the three to five year goals and their long-term vision, kind of the things that are urgent, but not important or not, uh, they're important, but not urgent. So you get busy oh, yeah. with everyday life, and then you skip all the stuff that's truly important. You forget about your relationship with God. You forget about your kids, whatever it is. But we help them elevate the important but not urgent stuff in their life, so that they actually achieve the stuff that they long term really want to. Um, so those are kind of all the uh, Facebook would be the primary place. The Journey of a yeah. Christian Dad, and you know my last name's weird, so L U I G S is an easy place to connect with me there.
0: Easy, easy to find. You can you can connect there. Dan, I really appreciate uh, what you've shared here and some of your story. I think it it uh, sheds a lot of light on kind of how God moved you. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, so friends, again, people can find you at, so it's just a Facebook group, The Journey of a Christian Dad. That's probably, is that the best place to go?
1: That is the best place to go for sure. Beautiful.
0: All right. Well, Dan, thanks for being here. Is there anything you want to leave us with?
1: Uh, the thing that's on my heart lately is helping guys understand how much and how easy it is to love your wife. Mm. Um, and I guess I'll throw throw a quick challenge out there. Every day, write down one thing that you appreciate your wi- wife, whatever that may be. And it's got to be something different every day. And make that a habit so that it lasts the rest of your life. Mm. If you want to be super cool, I met a guy named John O'Leary, and John O'Leary wrote something down in a book and he saved ticket stubs and saved events and saved memories and put it in a book and gave it to his wife at the end of the year. And she was crying and it was her Christmas present. So guys, there's a cheap, easy Christmas present for you. You just got to be consistent. So she saw that he loved her all year long, no matter if he's in town, out of town. And I said, Hey John, if your house ever burned down and family's out and your dog's out, what would you go back in and get? goes, I'd go back in and I'd go get that book. So if you want to do something incredibly beautiful and your wife will just think you're the greatest husband in the world, write down things you appreciate about her. It'll change you. And why I asked John why he did what he did, because he it was for me. It wasn't for my wife. It benefited yeah. her, but it changed me in the process and made me mm. cherish and prioritize her in a whole new way. And it took our marriage love up to a, a level that's incredible.
0: That is the way that service works, right? You think you're serving someone else, but really you're the one who ends up changing. And it's it's fantastic. Dan, thanks so much for sharing with us. I appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And God bless your audience.